Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Jonah Berger, professor of marketing at the Wharton School of Business. Berger is the author of the best-selling book, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. He talks with Dan about what causes people to share ideas on social media sites and by word of mouth, and the differences between online and offline sharing. So it's a particular delight I'm sitting here with... Jonah Berger. And Jonah, uh, tell me a little bit about you. I'm a marketing professor at the Wharton School and author of Contagious, Why Things Catch On. Contagious. I actually read the book. It, it's a great book. So what, what's the main lesson? Uh, the main lesson is about word of mouth. So how do we make our products catch on? How do we make our ideas popular? How do we make behavior change? And, how we can and, you, use... and you know those things? I, I do know those things. Uh, and how we can use word of mouth and social influence to make those things happen. So what's, from all the research you've done, and you've done a lot, what's your uh, favorite uh, research project? Wow. Uh, lots, of, lots of favorite research projects. One thing we did in the book. It's uh, like kids, right? You can't really say, but they, it's unlike kids. They don't hear you, so it's okay. <laughs> they don't get offended. That makes it better. Uh, so one thing we did was we looked at what makes online content viral. Uh, lots of us have wondered. We see things on Facebook or Twitter that become very popular. Why? I thought the uh, nudity and uh, people moving in awkward um, ways to music is, is the key, no? That's what we found. Those two and cats. <laughs> Put those three together and, and you're going to be a big hit. Uh, but we looked at six months of New York Times articles, everything uh, that was written by the Times, as well as what made the most emailed list, and did analysis to understand what drives people to share, how different emotions lead to sharing, how different characteristics of content are more or less likely to be contagious. Um, so first of all, I'm shocked that anything in the New York Times is viral, but that's uh, good to know. Uh, but what, what, makes things, so what, what makes things viral? So a couple different dimensions. So useful information is one. Uh, the more an article helps people or makes them better off, the more likely they are to share. So is this something like self-help or is it like tips for house or how to be happy in life? Practical value. So seven tips for your next interview often goes viral on LinkedIn, for example, or you know, a movie review is useful information. Mm -hmm. uh, but also things that make us look good. Uh, social currency. The more surprising or novel something is, the better it makes us look. Wait, wait. When you say us, you mean the person who's sharing or the, the person who's – okay. Yes. Uh, the better something makes the sharer look, the more likely they are to pass it on. So give me an example. What, what makes you as a sharer feel, uh, think, feel good about yourself? There's a great example in the book I talk about a, a bar that's hidden inside a hot dog restaurant. So there's a hot dog restaurant in New York called Criff Dogs. You walk inside. I am already impressed with you, just so you know. It, it's already working. Uh, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but you walk inside this hot dog restaurant. You walk inside a phone booth. You dial a special phone. And if you're lucky, they have a reservation space. And they open up the back of the phone booth and you're led into a secret bar. Wow, I really want to know. And now, now I, I think you're in the know. Now I, I'm very impressed I, I with you. I look much cooler than I might have otherwise. So this is both uh, useful. Yes. And it is, tell me something about a gap between us that you in some way know more than I do. And now that I know that, I feel curious about life and phone booth. Yeah, so I call it social currency. Just like the car we drive and the clothes we wear, the things we say affect how other people see us. So give me another example of what makes you feel good about yourself if you share with other people? Uh, so uh, LinkedIn did a fun thing a couple months ago, for example, where uh, they sent a special email that said, you're one of the top people on LinkedIn, top 5% or 10% of all profiles. And lots of people shared it with others because it made them look good, like they're an insider. But th isn't that bragging? 
it is bragging. Uh, often people talk about humble bragging, ways to brag and, and not brag. But you see this all the time. So Beyonce recently came out with her new album. I'm sure you downloaded it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even know she came up with a new album, but that's good to know. But, but now I'm again impressed with you. But it's interesting. So she did it without advertising. No advertising. No PR campaign, nothing. She just put something on Instagram that said, my new album is out. And right away, everyone wanted to share that information because they wanted to be the first person to tell the people in their social network that they had this. And so again, it made them look smart and in the know. Interesting. What is the worst thing to share from the perspective of uh, telling people that you're smart and in the know? What would you recommend? Do nev- never share that. I think people often don't want to share things that are embarrassing. So for example, if I said, I love Miley Cyrus, Uh, you know, or uh, I like uh, Burt Bacharach music or Yanni music or something like that that everyone would say, oh, that's so embarrassing. Why would you like that? The new album by uh, somebody. <laughs> by Yanni is, is fantastic. Um, you know, saying you like teeny bopper music uh, would be something that wouldn't make you look very good, for example. Very good. So, so you basically tell, say you're in the know. So social currency, yep. we talked about practical value. There are six key steps. So we, uh, steps has two Ps because I can't spell. Uh, social <laughs> currency, which is making you look good. Triggers, which is top of mind, tip of tongue. Uh, emotion, the more we care about something, the more we share. Public, easier to see, easier to imitate. Then practical value and then stories. So, so um, l- let's think for a second about different websites. Are there different platforms that fit better with the ability to share in a way that would make something viral? Would you say, for example, that Facebook has an advantage compared to LinkedIn or to yeah. Twitter? I think the most interesting thing about your comment is if you had to guess, what percent of all word of mouth would you guess is online? Uh, I, I would guess 28. <laughs> That's a good, good, good <laughs> non-round number. So it's actually seven, a very small percent. That was my second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew I could see it in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We think that word of mouth is all online. We think about Facebook and Twitter and social media, but most of it's actually offline, face-to-face communication. And so online does matter, and indeed, you know, uh, Facebook matters, Twitter matters, these things matter, but offline is even more important. Thinking about how you get people to share offline, we think of viral, we usually go straight to online, but offline is, is just as important. It's not like the first word of mouth occasion happened when Twitter was invented. It was one caveman nudging another and saying, don't eat that, it's poisonous. Mm-hmm. And... And are those types of word of mouth different inherently? Are there any differences between them and the online versions? Offline allows much more depth, right? So we're having a conversation here. You can ask me a question. I can read your face. I can guess what you're interested in. I can go longer or shorter depending on what you want. Online tends to be a very truncated discussion, which is both good and bad. Um, you ask a question, someone responds to it directly. It gives them the opportunity to look good because it gives them the opportunity to think about and refine what to say. They don't have to just shoot off the cuff. They can think about what makes them most clever. Um, but it also doesn't often go on as long as in, as in depth as, as offline might. And are you worried that uh, the way people interact with each other these days because it's uh, more online, people sit in offices by themselves and so on, that there's less opportunity for that or not really? I think the biggest concern with online is that social media actually makes people unhappy often. Merely spending more time on Facebook or using these services because everyone curates what they look like. They time time to put the best photo up or the best quip that makes them look smart and in the know. Um, the more likely people reading it are to go, wow, my life is not as good as in, in comparison. And so they feel like they somehow are not as good as everyone else and it, it makes them less happy than they might be otherwise. Yeah, you know, I, uh, my sister told me at some point that on Facebook I don't share enough personal information. So I said, why don't you share something personal, not just uh, academic stuff? So I, 
I said, okay, I'll try it. And then I had a really terrible night. I had lots of pain in my hand. Yeah. So the next day I wrote that I had a really tough night and lots of pain. And I was wondering, how could people like that? Like, yeah. there's, no, there's no way to kind of to show sympathy. People can yeah. write comments, but, yeah. but the whole platform is really about highlights of life and not really about difficult, complex challenging yeah. things. Well, so I, I was actually just at a meeting recently where Sean Parker, one of the guys who helped uh, develop Facebook, happened to be there. And he was talking about the like. And what's really important about the like is if you write something and no one responds, you're not going to continue writing new things. Comments take a long time to write. A like is very easy. And so they designed the like in part to give a faster feedback mechanism to encourage people to post more. But I agree with you. People are less likely to, to comment on the negative things, so it doesn't provide the reinforcement to encourage you to talk about negative real things. You only get the encouragement when you post the most fabulous vacation ever. Okay, last question. Since you've done all this uh, research, what has changed in your own uh, life? What do you do differently now knowing what you know? Uh, I've thought a lot about how to make this book contagious, uh, using the principles from the book. No, 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 personal life, oh. not, not this. How do, you, how do you deal with your girlfriend differently, parents? What, what, what has changed in your life? Uh, you know, I, I think when I have conversations with people, I think about more about what their motives are and how to share things that may be useful to them or, or make their lives better. Um, and also how to be a more effective communicator, how to pass things on that make me look more positively at, at the end of the day. Thank you very much. You look very positive, very much in the know, and thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. To further expand your understanding of dishonesty, irrationality, and other human quirks, go to danariely.com.